episode 191, Colby K, the healthy primate. If you get stressed, listen into this one. Welcome to Awaken Your Alpha. My name is Adam Lewis Walker, former athlete and teacher, now turned lifestyle and entrepreneur coach. Each week we bring you the world's most successful minds to inspire you to act on your true potential. Head over to ayalpha.com, the number one place for you to get the most out of the show. It is time to awaken your alpha. Welcome everyone, we have a brilliant one today. It's all about being a healthy primate, which we should all be, we should all be attaining or should be aspiring to. And so we're gonna really dig into that a lot today. We've got Colby K on the line, and he's not just a healthy primate, that is one of his primary businesses as well, but he's got multiple businesses on the go. He's a father, husband, he's got lots on the go as we've just been talking about. Um, so we're gonna dig right into that. But firstly, Colby, are you ready to awaken your alpha? Yeah, man, let's do this, Adam. Awesome. It's, I mean, that was probably one of the briefest intros I've done. And um, I know you said you've got lots on, on the go at the moment and you run 100 miles an hour. What are you all about? What would you like to add to your bio? Because obviously that was brief. Is there anything you'd like to highlight? So, Adam, you know, first and foremost, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to speak with you and to tell my story to your listeners. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm humble to be asked. So thanks for having me on the show. No worries. From a, from a bio perspective, the 30,000 foot overview is, you know, I'm a, a kid that comes from humble means and humble beginnings. Um, I worked my way through corporate America trying to attain monetary success through money, became an executive at two different Fortune 500 companies here in, in the States. And through that, what I found was that wasn't necessarily success because what I was doing was running at 60, you know, 60 plus hours a week. I, I was very overweight. I was walking around at probably 65 pounds heavier than I needed to be. I went through a transformation that we'll talk about on your show and when a physical and mental transformation that I, I, this journey that I went on allowed me to really start to focus on the entrepreneur side of things. Um, I went and started three different business ventures. We've raised well over $30 million and generated close to 50 in revenue. Um, everything from software companies to sports agencies to marketing firms. And uh, currently today, I've got my hand in a couple things. I also, uh, the businesses I mentioned, I also sit on an advisory board for entrepreneurs here in the States. I teach entrepreneurship at the uni. Uh, um, I do a guest spot at, at ASU here in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, man. I'm a father of four kids ranging from 17 years old down to nine months um, and uh, have a lovely wife. And that's it, man. Talking about your origins, then you sort of said your, your sort of professional origins, but are you originally from Phoenix, Arizona? No, man. I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. Lived in Salt Lake until I was 13. My parents split up. I went to uh, Southern California, like the Los Angeles area for a few years. Went to Phoenix, went to Hawaii, went to school in Hawaii. Then I went to um, NYU for a little bit. Yeah. New York City, back to Phoenix, back to Salt Lake City to work for the Olympics. And then idealistically, I came back and I've been here in Phoenix now 12 years. Cool. Well, it sounds like from- you've always been high performing in some shape or form. I mean, when do you yes. feel like you sort of had your awakening moment when it all started to really align and you felt like you, you found your true path? Because obviously you sounded you're very successful in the corporate world. What made you move away from that and go in it more on your own or have more control from it? Adam, here's where the awakening happened. And that's a great question was in corporate America. Here I am. I'm managing a large team financially. I'm getting the success. I'm working very hard. I'm working, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week traveling a lot. 
And what I noticed was I, the one, the first thing that I really neglected that goes is your health is your, you know, you eat like crap because you're, you know, you don't, you're not regimented on your diet, your what your hydration and you're eating like a dog, right? Or I say yeah. eating like an asshole <laughs> and I just really bad. And I got tired of being out of shape and out of breath and not being able to play with the kids. And I wanted to see my dick once in a while. I like to see my feet when I'm walking. It's like, I wanted to feel better. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I started there. Now, that yeah. was the big piece for me is there's a, there's a race I do every year with my father-in-law. It's at a military obstacle course race at Camp Pendleton in San Diego for the mm -hmm. Marines. And I, I run it every year regardless if I'm in shape. And the year before that, it took me two hours to run it, and I was embarrassed. Yeah. And, and here I am. I was like six months away from the next race, and I said, I refuse to have that happen. So I went on a big weight loss journey. That was the apex of where all of this stuff happened, kind of shifted for me. The first thing you do is you lose the weight. Yeah. And then, you know, as you and I talked before the call was after I lost the weight, I, I dropped about 60 pounds. I got really, really like super lean, the best shape I've been in going into 40. And what I realized is I was super edgy though. Mm -hmm. I was very, um, like if the kids would come into my office and they'd be playing around and fighting, I would, and I was on the phone, I would immediately turn around and snap. Yeah. And it would seem like I was just running really hot. And I went and met with a friend of mine who writes nutrition programs and, um, and training programs for one of the big box gyms here in the States. And I had, I was talking to him and he goes, Oh, your cortisol levels are all messed up. And I was like, cortisol. Like I didn't even know what that meant. Yeah. So, and then I wouldn't get into the specifics if you'd like, but I literally went on a 16 week journey that ended up being 16 months of understanding how my body produced stress and what I could naturally do to reduce it. That was the apex turning point. Started with weight, then I went into stress management and everything changed. Yeah. It's definitely something we should dig into because I mean, I mean, most people, I'm sure most people just think of cortisol as the stress hormone. And I'm, I'm not, don't know how many, much people know about, you know, its relationship to testosterone. I know we spoke about that and the effect it had on you. So I, I definitely want to dig into it. And this, this episode, I think we really want to give some sort of what you found out in your own journey. Um, and I suppose what activities do you think you, in terms of your nutrition and your you just actual general general life at that stage that made your cortisol levels so high and then things you found out to yep. start you know tipping the balance the other way so. well let, let's start here adam how do most people's days start so if you're listening to this in your car at your desk or wherever you are i want your listeners to to think about the first hour of your day mm. And then I want you to lead into the last hour of your day. So what does that look like? So essentially your phone is by your bed. You wake up, you're looking at Facebook, you're looking at emails, you're looking at, you know, the interactions that have happened. You wake up, you're running late. You don't have time for breakfast. You grab a, a snack of some sort. Maybe you hit a fast food place at your local coffee shop. You get a Danish and a coffee. You're in the car, you're sitting in traffic. More emails are coming in. You're in traffic, you get to work, you've got an asshole boss, you're under deadlines, <laughs> you have the stress of the day, then you realize you haven't eaten, you're getting fast food at lunch, now here you are rushing home, you get home, you walk in the door, your wife hands you your, your, you know, your children, and then now you have to take over, go to dad mode. At that point, you are physically and mentally just exhausted because you mm -hmm. put in probably 13 hours in a day. That is not unordinary. That is average. That's what most people are doing, especially in the States. Whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, that's yeah. just a life. I mean, you sit on the interstate here and I look around and it's like, I see the drones and I see the dead looks at people's faces when I'm driving around at six in the morning. And it's like, I, I, I told myself I was going to unplug and I never wanted to be that. Hmm. So well, well, let's talk about the science really quick and I won't make it super geeky, but I want to put this into perspective as to how stress works. Yeah. So first off, when I heard about cortisol, the first thing I did was Google stress management. 
-hmm. When you Google stress management, Adam, two things pop up. One are holistic new age bullshit things that everybody wants you to do. Take a warm bath, light some candles, do some yoga and meditate. Maybe listen to some Enya or Kenny G. It's like, <laughs> Enya. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, doing a, I'm doing a throwback. <laughs> so first off, I'm not doing any of that. I run too fast, too hard. I'm not going to stop and take a warm bath with Enya. Okay, so what's option B? Well, option B is I can go see my doctor and he can give me a prescription for Xanax or Zoloft or some antidepressant or something to slow me down. The side effects in that include you know, having a, having a leaky ass and like all the things that are like, I don't want like the side effects are worse than the, the symptoms. So I, I'm either a new age or I'm under the, the under medication. Yeah. And in the States, most people turn towards medication. Yeah. So then there was a third option that I really started to kind of try to dive in and understand. And they're called adaptogens and adaptogens for your listeners are herbs, elixirs, and supplementation that are natural that come from either roots or stems or, you know, kind of a byproduct yeah. to help address health nutrition. 32 of them are specifically focused on cortisol and stress. So what I did is I, I went to my local health food store. That's it's kind of a holistic health food store. And I bought all of them. I bought all 32 yep. and I put them on a shelf and I, I started taking them and documenting it. But here's where things really started to happen. And I'll dive into that specific experiment was here's how stress is, is produced. You've got cholesterol is the mother chemical. Cholesterol produces what's called pregnenolone. Pregnenolone produces cortisol or it produces hormones, a hormone de facto, which is either testosterone or estrogen. Yeah. So if, if in a day for pregnenolone, I've got 10 of those I, my body can produce. And I, my body has to decide, do I produce cortisol based on the activities that are around me to make sure I just don't fly off the handle or hormone? Listen to the summary I just gave you of how a day in the life is. At the end of that, if I only had 10 of these things to produce, nine of those went to cortisol. Yeah. One of those went to testosterone or, or hormone. Same with women, towards estrogen. Yeah. So what happens is we become so naturally imbalanced, right? And the, if you Google stress and the, you know, the, the side effects of stress, that's, those are all the things that I was having. I wasn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't as cognitive as I could have been. I was very short-tempered. Um, my body wasn't producing, uh, wasn't producing the – the metabolism fast enough to burn those areas like around your waist. Um, there's just a ton of things that happen when you're very, very stressed out, yeah. you know, it leads to stroke, heart attack. You know, well, no, I, I completely agree with, I mean, what you're saying about, you know, especially obviously with two guys talking about the guys, so I think, so I think it's not just the stress, it's the, the effect it has on testosterone. And obviously yeah. yep. when your testosterone is down as a, as a guy, as a dude, it, it really just, it's not good. It's not good. No. That is the distinguishing you between a man and a woman, basically. That's, that's a depression. Well, yeah. let me put yeah. it to you this way. So my testosterone levels when I started this experiment were at about 103, 105. Mm. Women walk around with more testosterone than I had in my system. Mm. So not just having a lack of libido, but it's like the, there's so many things that happen with that. With so much, my cortisol levels were over 500, 580. My testosterone was down at about 103. So for 16 weeks, every two weeks, I took a new set of, of adaptogens and I journaled everything I took. How did it make me feel? How did I produce? Did it make me, you know, did it make me sick? How did, it, how, did, how did my body digest? Did I sleep? Was I edgy? How did I dream? I journaled everything. And then every 30 days I went in and got blood tests done and I videoed and captured all of that. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So the end of that, what I was able to find out and, and do was naturally through a series of adaptogens. So what I was able to do is come up with a good compound that worked for my system. And through that, I was able to bring my 
my cortisol levels went down to about 105, 106, down from over 500. Yep. The byproduct of that that I did not know and I wasn't looking at was watching my testosterone levels naturally rise. Yeah. So my testosterone levels went from 103 up to 350, up to 402, and I sat at about 480. So I naturally, without testosterone supplementation, had quadrupled my testosterone levels and had reduced my, my cortisol levels to the floor. Yeah. Then, you know, as you and I spoke, there are some really great techniques around meditation and some breathing. I studied with a guy named Wim Hof. Oh, uh, Wim Hof. Is it yeah. the Iceman? Yeah, yeah. So I did yeah, some, um, awesome. I studied with Wim and did, um, I do a lot of breathing techniques that have yeah. really helped me kind of manage and keep that going. That's cool. So, I mean, on top of that, so when you had that big shift, cortisone levels right down, testosterone up, mm -hmm. how did you feel coming from obviously where you started? What was obviously the people in the world? How did you feel on a day-to-day -day basis? I had, when I got through with all this and I documented it, mm -hmm. I had a bunch of friends of mine ask me about it and I wrote together like a two, three page PDF and I sent it to them and I said, don't tell me how you feel or what happens, but here's what I did. Here was my diet. Here was my water, my hydration routine. Here's the supplementation that I took. And after, you know, two weeks come back to me. We did this with over 45 people because I was starting to write a book that is just about finished that was documenting, showing my, my journey. And through the case studies that I had, everybody came back and had the same thing it's not a stimulant. So it's not something that you feel. It's the lack of feeling. Mm. So the times and places where something would really bother me or set me off or would get me agitated, yep. I recognized, I processed, I digested, but I didn't have to react. Whereas there's a switch in me that was like, holy shit, I get ramped up and get all excited. Yep. You know, I, I still run hundred miles an hour and I'm still very hot tempered. But when things come to me, my reaction, there's a reaction kind of switch that you see it and your body refuses to say, I'm going to let it bother me. So the agitation is lack of feeling versus the feeling. Yeah. Right? Okay. yeah. It's, it's not a stimulant, but it's also not a depressant. It's a balance. Do so you recognize, but it's how you choose to address it and go with it. Around that time, I mean, when, when and where did the healthy primate come from? Was that off the back of this? And is that, can you tell us about Yeah, right in the middle of it. So I wanted, I needed a place to tell my story because as I started going through this process, it was like, I did it for myself, but because I became this human guinea pig and I was capturing everything, I, I immediately thought, you know, in my professional network alone, I've got five, 6,000 professionals that are just like me. Yeah. Like I want to find a place to share my story. So I started the healthy primate to tell the story. And it started with, you know, I break, I break it into three kind of sections. It's kind of the mind, body, and soul aspect yeah. of, here are the things that I write all the original content. Um, I started with, you know, no interest, no viewers. I started a mailing list now that's over 11,000 11, people on my mailing list and the website gets 20,000 hits a day. And it was just about telling my story. A lot of video content, it's all original content. And you know, what you and I found is kind of the secret to all of this for me was it started with just trying to lose weight. And then it, it became, I want to get more mentally balanced. And then what I found out as a byproduct of this, Adam, is I got all of these. I've always been an entrepreneur at heart and I've always had ideas, but I've always found a way to like not get out of my own way. Yeah. Where now mentally and physically, there was no roadblock. I started to process data so much faster and cognitively, I was so much more aware and driven to go do what I wanted to do that the byproduct of ultimate stress relief and stress management is doing something that you love for a living or at least being able to generate some supplemental income doing what you love yeah. instead of being a slave to the desk at a job that you hate at a company you can't stand that doesn't care about you anyway. <laughs> so that, that's why the site was started was to document my journey. And um, I took a little bit of a hiatus because I was working on a book. I'm revamping the book and I've just, I've been so busy. I've done kind of speaking engagements and 
with some of the business side that um, I got a, you know, a full team that we need to focus back on producing more content because I, I love it. And it's still a principle I live today. Absolutely awesome. With the healthy primate, I know we just talked about that, how individual everyone's nutrition is and everyone's coming at a different, different point and different things work for different people. Yep. But I mean, what would you say is probably one of the biggest mistakes that you come across when people are contacting you through the website or what is one of the biggest areas that people are deficient if we're talking about stress? For me, with anybody that I talk to, whether it's clients or personal or, or even friends, I start with it's, it, how you start your morning routine really helps kind of set the stage for the rest of, yeah. of if you're going to put a plan in place. So for me, I've got a very strict plan. You know, I wake up in the morning. In my first 60 minutes, I, I drink 32 ounces of water. I throw in some cayenne pepper, fresh lemon, a little bit. Um, I'll take a spoonful of apple cider vinegar. I, I hammer that down and I, I, I drink 32 ounces of ice water like right away. And what that does is it, it what it, for the, uh, it, it's, it jumpstarts my metabolism. And that ice water is kind of a shock to my system and it hydrates me because you lose so much hydration. Oh, yeah. Then I, am, uh, you know, I, I go in and I do about 10 minutes of guided meditation. Um, so most times what, I use... What, tell me the theory behind the apple, was it apple cider vinegar? vinegar? Yeah. 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 I would it's, like to dig into that one, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the, the purpose for the apple cider vinegar is a couple fold. The acidity in my belly has always been an issue and just because mm. I've eaten really shitty and I've eaten a lot of really, really spicy foods and I would get just tremendous amounts of heartburn. Yeah. So instead of taking you know, an antacid every day, I started introducing apple cider vinegar and it helps balance out the pH levels in my stomach. So it helps kind of set a balance from my, yeah. from my stomach. Yep. And then there's all kinds of ancillary kind of benefits to it, but it, it, helps my, it helps with the digestion and it gets my stomach kind of going for the day. So water, then I do guided meditation for about 10 to 15 minutes through an application called Headspace. Um, I don't ah, know that's on a lot. I've come across that in the last couple of years. That's on uh, airplanes now as well. They have a little sort of taste. Oh, I love headspace. it. Yeah, I love it. Well, very cool. It's when, yeah. It's well, anybody that wants to get into meditation, Adam, I, I, I just recommend it. It's guided meditation, which is a great way to start. Um, it's, it's 10 minutes for 10 days. It's free to, to download and try. Yeah. And it gets you the it gets you the base to to do it. No, I, I really think it's yes, it's good as well. Because if anyone thinks, oh, like if they feel like it's too overwhelming, too much to take on, like you say, it is yep. so simple. This one, it's just so very simple. simple, very short, and just gets you going, gets you into yep. the routine. And then if I don't do, I'll do Headspace probably four times, two three times a week, or I alternate into some breathing techniques that I learned through Wim Hof, mm -hmm. which is to help oxygenate my blood levels. Mm -hmm. And I immediately go into reading. I do some type of, of, of self-growth, whether I'm reading business, personal, something to get my brain stimulated. Then I go work out for an hour, hour and a half, um, a series of, of, you know, whether it's weight training or um, kind of cardio, but I do, um, I cycle through that. Yeah. And then by that, by the time all that's done, now it's eight o'clock in the morning and now it's, I can get started with my day. But that's how I start. Yeah. For, from a diet, you know, the first thing I do is like, how much physical activity do you do a day? If people aren't running or walking or going to the gym at all, the mistake you see a lot of people make is, well, I'm going to go five days a week. Yeah. I'm gonna, and it's like, well, how many days a week do you go now? I don't. When was the last time you were in the gym? Uh, six months ago. You're setting yourself up for failure. Why don't you walk around the block twice a week? Yeah. Start there. And then once you've done that for a week, then why don't you add another day? Once you've done that for a week, add another day. Once you've done that, now let's introduce you to the gym after you've been walking for a week or for a month. Yeah because you're 65 pounds overweight, you're going to be embarrassed and afraid to go to the gym. So I start with physical activity, you know, doing an assessment on where the physical activity levels are. And then immediately you got to look at the diet. You've yeah. got to pull out sugars and you've got to pull out compound, compound carbs. Like you just have to, you shouldn't be eating. I, I call it eating like an asshole. There's nothing wrong with having a slice of pizza and getting a pint. 
they're some of my favorite things to do. You just can't do it at every single meal all the time. (laughs) You can't, right? So looking at reducing your sugar intakes, um, you know, a great reference point that I have, I point everybody to is Tim Ferriss wrote a a great book called The 4-Hour Body. Mm -hmm. In that book, there's a section called The Slow Carb Diet. Go get it. It's $15. You can buy the book on Amazon. It's the best $15 you'll invest if you want to understand how a series of food together will help you burn fat and metabolize. Yep. And it allows you a cheat day once a week. Yeah. So it's, it's a sustainable diet. It's protein, yeah. greens, and legumes. And I, start, I, I get there, and then we start to talk about the stress management stuff, introduce a handful of supplementation. I definitely yep. want to, in this episode, I want to like break it down. Just obviously, we're talking about removing a lot of things. I know it's individualized as well, but yep. in terms of, sort of herbal remedies for stress and supplementation, what are some of that? And again, without speaking to or assessing the individual, I understand there's limitations on this interview, but what yep. are some of the things that, you think are really useful for the majority of people or lacking in many people that supplements they can start with and the sort of benefits for each one. So maybe listening in, they can sort of think actually that's not for me or that that is definitely something they need. Yeah, absolutely. So the number one base I build all of what worked for me and it seems like probably over 50, 60 people we did for the case study, the two things that work and then you can kind of add a third or fourth stack if you'd like. Ashagawanda. Ah, yep. Ashagawanda, man. uh, that's what I use. And that's what I recommend to people in some of the programs I've done in the yes. past. It's, yeah, it's, I start there. That, that is the, I love to say it as well. <laughs> yeah. I love, <laughs> Every yes, time I go yeah. to Shepard Alsbury, they're like, what? I'm like, Ash- like no. Ash- yeah, yeah. It, it literally <laughs> translates to horse's tail and it smells like that. It smells like a horse's ass. <laughs> but I, I, I start there for, for 30 days, you introduce Ashwanda and I, I take that with, um, and the benefits of that are a couple things. First off, it helps. Um, I take it at nighttime usually. I don't take it in the morning. Um, what, I, what it helps me do is it helps me decompress in the day. It helps me kind of slow down and it helps with my sleep cycles. Yeah. So where, you know, traditionally you'd, you'd introduce like a melatonin to sleep. What this will do is it doesn't replace melatonin because it's not a sleep agent. But what it will do is it'll break down your thought processes and helps you kind of get into that cycle of, of relaxation. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'll, I take Ashkawana and then what I do is I'll, I'll couple that with Rhodiola Rosé. And with, with rhodiola, what I found with those two compounds, what it allows me to do is like, that's where I got the biggest impact with my cortisol Mm -hmm. change was like, I combined those two and I did those for 30 days to see if I could keep it at where it was. And it it worked really, really well. So was it rhodiola rosé? Because I used something called milk thistle that I paired with ashwagandha, but I rhodiola rosé. I've never, never heard of, well, I've never heard of that. It doesn't mean it's not. (laughs) And then um, I'll, I'll add in, sometimes I'll add in garlic. Yep. Um, you know, garlic is always a good one, but between those three, that's, that's, what's in my, you know, I'll, I'll cycle, I'll do that for 30 days. Then I won't for 90. Then I'll do it for 30 days and I won't for 90, but those two together, if I were to recommend anything, those would be the two that I would, that I would recommend. And then sometimes I would do, I, I'd love to get your feedback on this. So um, have you tried kava before? No. So I, I like kava, but it, it makes my, it really, it makes me, um, I'm really sensitive to stimulants like coffee. Yeah. yeah. And it gives me a buzz like coffee. So if I take kava with rhodiola in the morning, it gives me kind of a little bit of a buzz. Mm-hmm. Um, I, would, I was playing with kava. There's some good benefits there as well. Um, but I think between the top two, I think that, that's absolutely what I, where I, I would recommend everybody start. Absolutely awesome. So, I mean, outside of the healthy primate and obviously this journey, I mean, what are you passionate about and what drives you in your other businesses? And when you obviously, you said that, lowering your stress hormones and sort of 
upping your testosterone and really opened your eyes to using the mental space to take action on some of your business aspirations. Yes. I mean, what, can you t- tell us a little bit about the other, you mentioned briefly some of the businesses you're in. So yes. what are your, sort of your main pursuits outside of the healthy primate? Now? I'll tell you the biggest thing that really, really gets me excited and that I have a lot of drive for is, is leave, make, making a difference and helping others. Mm. And what I found was when mentally I was in a good place, physically I was in a good place, and all of these things started to happen entrepreneurially, all these ideas, it was, well, how do I take these ideas to fruition? So I spend a tremendous amount of time helping entrepreneurs and people who have ideas take those ideas from ideation to actually activation mm-hmm. and help show them how do you build the plan? How do you vet a market? How do you build the, um, how do you build the actual marketing mechanisms within it? What are the tools that you use? How do you drive success? How can you do it without spending a tremendous amount of money? How do you get a return from an idea like in a fast amount of time? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm in the process of finishing a program that literally will take you from idea to revenue in roughly 45 days. Uh, we did a, a test group of, of seven people, and in 45 days, we were able to generate uh, $55,000 with that small group in 45 yeah. days. And that was a supplement company, that was a software company, that was an app, that was a fitness coach, and that was a, like a, a marriage counselor. Yeah, so all good of, old. Yeah. All of those are different. <laughs> good those. But here's the thing is the, the process to start business, here's the secrets to starting a business. Like it's really, really not that hard. Is first off, you need to find a group of people that have a problem. You need to dig into those sets of problems and find out really what the, pro- the core problems are. And then you need to figure out if there's a product or service that you can offer that will solve that problem. Then you go and build that product or service. Then you sell it back to that group of people. That's yep. it. That's the secret to business. That's <laughs> it. Right? So it, it, you know, what, what we'll do is you know, I'll sit down with a group of people. We'll go one-on-one and we'll say, okay, I'll, I'll let, we'll show you how to use Google to find out how many people are indexing pages how many people are paying to market? How can you go through and find out who your core market is? How do you build out a mailing list? How do you start to generate you know, dialogue back and forth to yeah. see what the problems are? How do you leverage Facebook groups with people that have these problems or these ideas or these collective interests? Mm-hmm. How do you add value in those conversations, not just ask or try to sell something? Yeah. to be a reciprocation of value. So how do you go in and, and, and have those types of dialogues and then how do you actually turn that into a product or service that you can now monetize? And that's where I'm, I'm super excited and spend a bunch of my time. Awesome. Well, just in starting to wrap up now in our Yoda round, not our Yoda round, our alpha round, I want to ask yes. you the Yoda question. I mean, along this journey, I'm sure there's many key figures. Is there anyone who really helped awaken your alpha and really found you get, get you on this path? You mentioned Wim Hof, but it sounds like he might have been further down the journey. But is there yes. any key people that spring to mind? Yeah. So um, a good buddy of mine, his name is Brian McKenzie. Mm-hmm. So uh, Brian McKenzie was one of the first people involved in CrossFit. Um, he's a New York Times bestselling author, and his, he wrote the endurance section on Tim Ferriss's book in The 4-Hour Body. He was instrumental. I interviewed him as a guest on my radio show. I started a podcast with The Healthy Primate. Yeah. I'm talking to people that were high, you know, normal people doing extraordinary things. And him and I became good friends. He introduced me to Wim Hof. He introduced me to the breathing techniques. Um, he really, really helped me with pulling some of those things in balance to get my body in balance to go do some of the entrepreneur stuff. I mean, other guys, Gary Vaynerchuk spent you know, time with Gary and being able to, to work with him and see what he does and learn how to take the entrepreneur stuff and really amp it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say uh, Coach McKenzie by far was kind of the first figure that really helped me put a bunch of these things together at the core and add some key elements to get me moving. Is there a, a sort of a quote, or a philosophy that you really like to uh, sort of resonates for you and you like to live your life by? 
Is there anything that spring to mind? Don't be a victim. Yeah. So many times we get pushed up against the corner through a set of life circumstances or environmental or even personal. And we always, you know, the, the you, people, just the nature of it is you lean back and you say, well, I could have done more if I would have done more if I can't do that because of, and we, you know, we, we become victims and I've overcome so much adversity that we even talk about on the show. I mean, in six months I lost, you know, I had a major surgery on my arm that didn't go well. I lost both my parents. Uh, my son was born in an incubator two months early, and I lost my number one paying contract. At the same time, I was able to launch a very successful business. I turned 40, was in the best shape of my life. I bought a motorcycle and built great relationships with my family and friends. Yeah. So it's all, I've never been a victim. I've never yeah. fallen back into that. So um, get, getting out of the victim mindset is something that I refuse to. When things go wrong, I, I never look at it as, oh, poor me. Yeah. In the times when you really struggle and you're having like a bad day within that, yeah. Do you just go back to your routine in terms of what we spoke about earlier in the interview or? Well, here's the thing is first and foremost, like I am human, Adam. And like yeah. when, when things happen, it sucks. Yeah. Like bad things happen. It sucks. And, um, you know, I, I digest and I have emotions and you know, I'm not a robot, but what I do is I try to digest, look. And when I find myself kind of getting into that depression or that slump, mm -hmm. I immediately, there's a handful of things I like to do. One of them is I go out and get some sun. Yeah. Uh, vitamin D is a big, I live in Phoenix. It's hot here, sunny every day, yeah. right? So I go out and get sun. Um, I'll do some kind of physical activity to get my endorphins running. And then if there's something that I like to indulge in, whether it's getting a pint or a slice of pizza, I'll do that. Yeah. But then the flip side of that is, those are things for me. The flip side of that is I've got a really, really good support system and I've got a really good community of people that I interact with. And every day, like today, mm. I woke up and was off the rails. I had all kinds of things happening business-wise that set me wrong. Mm. I had a bad night sleeping with my, I had my shoulder replaced on last week. So yes. I slept on an ice machine. It was really uncomfortable. And my wife and I got off to a bad start. First thing, my energy at five this morning was not right. And it seemed like everything was snowballing to go that direction. Yep. I just kept telling myself, I refuse to have my day be like this. I refuse to have my day to go like this. And just as I was like on the cusp of like, how is my day going to go? Yeah, go one way or the other. Yeah. I got, well, yeah, it's like I'm on the edge. If one yeah. more thing happens, I, I, might, I might not make it. Is the, I, I got an email from somebody that said, hey, I just saw that video that you had put out around finding a way to make your dreams, you know, part of your reality yeah. and actually making money doing what you like. And the guy took the time out to write an email to say this, this video that I had done impacted him. And then 15 minutes later, I got a voice, a voice message on Facebook Messenger from a guy that I, I look up to tremendously, yeah. just telling me like how much he appreciates me and what I'm doing and the messages that I'm putting out there. And that little bit of affirmation, yeah. I just automatically, it's like I got in the car and it was like I was excited. It was like I'm making a difference. These other things will go by the wayside. And yeah. my energy now is like I'm going. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things, man. I'm always looking to try to get out of that slump if I get in it, and it, that's what works for me. Brilliant. Who do you think I should interview next? Who do you recommend? It could either be someone, well, usually for someone in your personal network, you've mentioned quite a lot of very cool, influential people there, or even someone that you are not connected with, but you would tune in if they were interviewed on the show. Mm. I would say that the... Two of the guys I mentioned, I would say if you can get yep. Wim, on, Wim on the show or if you can get uh, Brian McKenzie. Okay. Nobody can talk offline. I'll get some introductions for you. Uh, awesome. Finally, what is the one question that you either wished I would ask or you thought I was going to ask and you feel like I've missed a trick here? <laughs> so just, is there anything else? Hmm. That's a great question. A question that you didn't ask that you should have asked. And why are you thinking about that? This is one that I haven't asked recently, but I mean, I, 
it, again, purely for one for me to, uh, this is what I'm interested in. I get into this sort of stuff. What is your favorite movie of all time and why? That's a question I wouldn't think you'd ask me. Okay, so the, uh, you, got, you got a two for one there. Favorite yeah. movie, the favorite movie and why, I, I would have to, there's a couple, because there's a couple different genres of movies yeah. I like. I like the kind of old kung fu flicks, but then I also like any kind of anarchist pushing the envelope type of movies. Um, I like The Matrix. I was going to say Fight Club. <laughs> I love Fight Club. I do like, I like Fight Club. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a couple like Fight yeah. Club. Fight yeah. Club, Matrix, and then V for Vendetta. Okay, yeah, I know. Yeah, those, those, those three kind of are, are go-tos if I'm, if I'm going to sit at the house and watch something. Brilliant. And <laughs> what is the best way people can connect with you if they want to find out more, continue this conversation? What's the best way? Two places. Go to Facebook is really where I update and keep everybody in the community moving and, and, and updated as to what I'm doing. You can find me at Colby, K-O-L-B-Y. Last name is spelled K-A-Y. Find me at Colby K on Facebook. Or you can go to thehealthyprimate.com. Don't put the www at the front. Just type in thehealthyprimate. It takes you right to the, uh, to the website. It's a big blue monkey on the front page. Can't miss it. Absolutely perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And if you ever need anything, just give me a shout. But I also, I want to say, actually, what does the future hold? What is next for you? What's the big thing for the rest of 2016? That's a good question. I love that question because in the last probably three weeks, I've made some major pivots and adjacencies to my business models and personal life. I would say um, I wrote a book about stress management and my journey and I, I stopped writing and I, I, I just didn't go back to it. Mm -hmm. I went back to it a day and a half ago and I deleted about 80% of the book and kept the meat around kind of my studies. Yep. I'm rewrite, rewriting that book. So I want to get that finished here probably in the next 45 days. Um, contextualizing and process, putting it in, uh, into a process, we're calling it launch 40. Mm -hmm. It's how do you take an idea to revenue in 40 days, in less yeah. than 45 days. The entire process of that is being finished with a full marketing campaign to be put around that to help entrepreneurs that have ideas. Uh, and then the, the last thing is we've got a huge event that, that I'm hosting and putting on here in Phoenix, Arizona, June 24th. Oh, I is this, oh, no, tell me what this is. I think yeah, you might know this what this is. is. Uh, it's called Meltdown in the Desert. Yes, I've seen this. I've already, I've seen this episode. I thought you were linked to this, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. cool. I so think this, is Sean Whalen speaking at that as well? Because we've yes. had the show here as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whalen's, uh, Whalen's the keynote. It's Whalen, um, a buddy of mine by the name of Danny Page. Yeah. A lady, her name is Anna Selby, and then myself. Yeah. And, you know, th this, here's the purpose of this is, between the four of us, we've got over 30 million social media impressions mm. through likes, through video watches, through comments, through shares. And all of us have a very different story, but we've been able to leverage social media to build business, to build tribe, to build personal branding, to really um, leverage the tool for, for networking. Yeah. And we're going to go through each one of us as a very different story and how mm. we've leveraged social media to make an impact. So the four of us are going to come together. We're going to do a, a three-hour seminar here in Phoenix, open it up for Q&A, and I'm going to release. Um, I took a challenge where I was going to take a business idea and launch a business idea to revenue in seven days. And I doc, I'm going to document the entire That's thing. Really we're going to, I'm, going to share, I'm going to share that. Like, what did I do? How did yeah. I do it? What tools did I use? What are the funnels? All that stuff. We want to shake the industry up a bit. Very cool, very cool. Well, thanks a lot for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Adam. Head over to ayalpha.com. Currently, I'm doing a limited number of clarity calls each week. Again, this is coming back. I've done this for a little while, so 
Now's the chance if you've been listening to the show for a while and you wanna, you know, feel free to book yourself in to discuss your goals and then create a path to achieve it. So anyone's either interested in just getting that clarity or interested in working with me and what I do and how I can help you get there a lot quicker, because I have no doubt you will get there. It's just a question of timelines, deadlines, and being held accountable. I'm here to help you, whether it's to give you that clarity or partner with you going into the end of 2016 to really finish off this year strong. So don't delay, there's a couple of spots each week and I'm happy to talk to you. If you're serious about taking some action, let's start it off with jumping on the phone with me. Have a great week and I'll speak to some of you very soon.